As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. This episode is brought to you by Spry. If you're a mom on the go or travel a ton for work and have essentially no time to make it to the gym, that shouldn't stop you from working out. The renowned fitness brand Spry pioneered the concept of rubber resistance over three decades ago and continues to provide professionals in the industry with innovative, effective tools that virtually anyone can use at home. I love the resistance bands, which I toss into my stroller caddy. They give me the resistance I need when I'm doing sumo squats or tricep curls at the park because we can't carry free weights around. And the mini foam rollers are amazing after a run. Visit spry.com spelled S-P-R-I.com and use my code MOMSENSE20 to receive 20% off. As moms, we lead very busy lives, and whether we're working women or hold down the fort at home, there's something that changes in us when we feel we look our best. It's that mani-pedi, that blowout, or those perfect makeup essentials that take us from feeling drab to fab and ready to put ourselves out there and take on the world. On today's episode, we're zeroing in on makeup essentials that enhance our natural beauty. They're quick and easy and don't take up much real estate in our cosmetic bag or diaper fanny pack, and most importantly, have a patented packaging. They're crayons, guys. And who doesn't love crayons? They're not just for your kids. And they're unique formulas that give you a fresh, flawless face. The brand I'm talking about is Trustique, and I'm here with the founder and co-CEO, Jen Kapahi. Jen grew up on her family's organic farm on the North Fork. Besides working in the fields and on the real estate stand, her side hustle was waitressing, starting a piano school, babysitting, working with the vet, and doing makeup at Saks in Southampton. In college, she studied fine art, played on the women's soccer team, and held three part-time jobs. Upon graduation, she worked at Bloomingdale's and worked her way up to becoming the assistant store manager of the cosmetics department, responsible for seven brands and 300 employees. She loved the world of makeup, but disliked the lack of creativity in the retail sector, which led her to join the marketing team of a top global cosmetic manufacturer. Then she moved to Revlon, where she worked as a global product developer, and finally launched her own cosmetics brand, Trustique, in June 20. 2015. Jen, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> nice Great. to meet you. Yes, you too. And we're in person, guys, so it's even more special. And she's gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Same to you, my dear. <laughs> thank you. So can you believe it's been a decade since that first job that you had um, at Saks? Yes. It actually feels like 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I really believe it now. Yeah. <laughs> Kids will do that to you. Yeah, but that's the thing. I guess I want to start from the very beginning of your journey. When we had a phone chat, you kind of told me that when you were growing up, you were 
a tomboy and an athlete. You know, we're atypical of the girly girl who's into makeup and all that kind of stuff. Transport us back in time to your childhood. So I had two childhood friends that lived like two houses down and they were a family of four girls. So they knew how much I was into makeup and hair and they were the ones that actually gifted me my first caboodle. Oh, yes, of course, caboodle. Yes. Um, Because even at that time, I was super into organization. Okay. Um, (laughs) Two in one. I love it. Yeah. Very early in my life. And I used to do and be responsible for all the braids on game day for soccer. Mm. So, you know, the beauty life sort of filtered in here and there. But on the outside, um, especially at school and all my classmates and teachers and sort of, you know, people that I interacted with in town, I was the captain of the soccer team. And on the side, you know, I obviously grew up on this farm and worked outside and I loved to snowboard whenever I could. Wow, so more of um, sporty yes. hobbies, I should say. And I had two brothers. So I think that obviously came into play besides these two close girlfriends that I had growing up. I didn't I really didn't have like a lot of girls or okay. sisters or cousins nearby. Yeah. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a daughter and two sons and I would love if she turns out like that, you know? Um, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. What was your family dynamic like with your brothers and your mom and dad? Both of my parents were always working full time. I mean, they worked together on the farm and obviously being entrepreneurs and owning their own business, it was like my business is now a 24-7 job. So my dad was never, ever, ever home. I don't think I really saw him. He was always out the door before six and he didn't come home until 10 or 11 at night. And my mom, when we were really, really small, she was home with us. She was a nurse, but she went back to do nursing on the side to help pay for our college. And she also started and launched the retail stand because at the time the farm was a wholesale business. So she was actually the one to launch the retail business um, and start the farm stand and create that whole arm that it is now today. But when she started working, I was eight. So that's when I started working alongside her. So there was no such thing as like summer camps, sports, sleepovers, friends. It was like Every day we went to the farm and every day we worked in the field starting at eight. And I think my brother was six and my other brother was two yeah, or three oh or something. And we were all, we were all there together and we would like cut flowers and weed and do really unfun things. No, um, but I mean, kudos to your mom to be so enterprising um, for thinking to, to start a retail stand and, um, and manage it. And to this day. I don't think she would ever speak about herself as being entrepreneurial, Mm -hmm. but now looking back now that I am an entrepreneur myself, she was like the definition of entrepreneur. (laughs) I mean, she saw a problem. She figured out how to solve it. She worked with no budget, no money. I mean, farming, you know, organic farming is just definitely not, you know, a lucrative business. It's Mm -hmm. interesting how creative and scrappy she had to be. So looking back on that, I mean, obviously I inherited that from her, but I didn't know at the time. That's so cool. Um, What did you grow on the farm? So that has also changed a lot over the course of history. In the beginning, um, when it was my grandfather's farm, it was just Chinese vegetables. Mm -hmm. And they were the biggest wholesaler on the East Coast. Bok choy, Napa, daikon, Korean moo. Wow. Then they became natural. They farmed natural for 10 years and they became certified organic. And then they started to diversify once the retail stand was born. And then once they started a CSA program and then they started farmers markets and just looking at sort of like the need of the market and the trends and what, what was going on, they started growing like very uh, diverse heirloom varieties of things. So like 
for example, carrots in rainbow colors like purple and red and yellow and orange. Yes. Um, Japanese eggplants, not just regular eggplants, like yep. 40 kinds of heirloom tomatoes, oh. not just cherries and beef steaks. And, right. But kept also the Asian stuff on the side. And yep. at the same time, my mom started a culinary organic kitchen, which she does like a lot of prepared foods. And that product line has really grown. Wow. And she was way ahead of the curve with the way subscription ahead. model, you know, um, yeah. that we have. Mail for, order. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, organic wow. soups and dressings and dips and all those kind of things. She invented the first ever like snack pack and stir fry pack. So it's basically like all your veggies that you need in your stir fry chopped up and ready to go with your sauce. So kind of like the perfect mom hack, actually. You could just like toss it in your walk and go and it's your dinner in five minutes. Yeah. They still sell that today. But when she invented it, people were like, huh, stir fry? Like what? Especially (laughs) on the North Fork. I don't think they ever knew what stir fry was. Right, right, right. Or how to julienne vegetables like that. No, my gosh, definitely not. (laughs) Wow. That's really amazing. What? are some of the life lessons that you feel that they passed on to you? Well, my dad is Asian. So mm-hmm. respecting your elders was definitely a leader there. Um, yeah. Only Asian people would probably understand that one yes. to that extent. Right, um, right. Work hard, do what's expected. Nothing is ever really good enough. So in one hand, that's bad. And on yeah. the other hand, that's good because you're always striving for more and for better. Most importantly, I think they taught me to operate with zero ego because if you're always looking to do better, you're never looking backwards and thinking like, oh, I did that so well. I can just like sit down and chill out now. It's more like, okay, how can I improve? What can I do next? What's forward? So the forward thinking in my life now, especially as an entrepreneur is like super important and also like helpful. But I don't think like growing up, I ever really recognize these things. It's only now in my (laughs) very adult life. Yes. Yeah, no, it's true. And then these are the nuggets that you're like, okay, I have to somehow pass this on to my kids. Yeah, it's very important. Like my husband and I talk all the time, like all the time about how we want our kids to be raised and what we want to teach them and Mm -hmm. what is the most important thing. And my oldest son is three. So like we always talk about what's most important for me just today, like these days is just being kind and being respectful because he understands both. And it sort of like helps to calm down the tantrum moments Mm -hmm. and also how he speaks because, you know, they get feisty. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. Yeah, you have to teach those manners young because oh, yeah. they are so defiant. <laughs> I'm like, lean over your plate, yeah. push your chair in, clean, <laughs> yes, your, yeah. clean the table, pick up that blueberry. <laughs> no, just kidding. Really. No, no, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. Um, okay. So in an interview on entrepreneur.com, you mentioned that your co-CEO, Jack Sasson, yep. is a wizard with supply chain and operations. How did you two meet and how did you build what is Tristique today? So initially we met through my second, third job. I forget what it is. When we both worked at the leading manufacturer, he was in sort of the operations customer service side in an office outside of New York City. And I worked in the very small New York City office. So once in a while, like we would um, be on the same campus, if you will, and Mm. we would bump into each other just like everyone. And I was always chatty and said hello and we knew of each other but we never really worked directly with each other Uh I sort of am a kind of person that always believes in life's coincidences I think everything sort of happens for a reason Mm -hmm. and you can sort of make decisions about which path you want to go after a coincidence is presented to you if that makes sense so the day that I quit my job at Revlon I very out of character for me went to a holiday party 
that was an industry party where I was going to see a lot of old colleagues and a lot of business people, as well as my old bosses and, you know, many people who I've known throughout the years. And I had just left my job and I actually didn't know yet what I was going to do. So I wasn't really in like the party mood. I have no idea to this day what made me actually go to this party. Because if you know me truly, like, and I say, like, I'm not going to do something, I never do it. Yeah. So (laughs) I went and I was just chit-chatting with my old boss. And she told me like, hey, you know, you should just, um, you know, catch up sometime in the party with Jack. And I heard he wants to do something and he has an idea. And I know you're now like in a transition moment. You guys should like read reconnect and see, you know, maybe it's something that you guys can talk about. Okay. You know, we started talking about what I wanted to do. And I really like my bread and butter is product development. And Mm. he was and had an idea of this amazing, very innovative packaging structure, which basically was in essence, the Tristique crayon. And we started brainstorming and meeting and for a few months. And basically it came out my concept and idea of making your life easier mm-hmm. in makeup, simplifying the makeup routine, the concept of the essential eight all could be translated through this delivery system, this packaging, this pencil and this crayon. And right. I had launched um, one of the most successful lip launches at Revlon, the just fit in bomb stain crayon. So okay. I loved pencils. I felt like they were simple, easy, you could use them one-handed, a bit intuitive, and yet fun. And he literally felt the same. And (laughs) at that time, this was early 2015. Mm -hmm. There wasn't that many crayons and pencils, and there certainly wasn't a line of products that was all crayons and pencils, never mind a routine, which is, you know, obviously where we evolved to. So it was interesting that like we had reconnected, never really have ever talked about it before, and then decided and had the same vision for what became Tristique. That's so cool. Sometimes things work out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's, I mean, again, it's probably an Asian thing, but it's the cosmos. Oh, yeah. It just looks for out sure. for you. <laughs> so strange. Right? Yes. Um, I mean, one thing that I love and I, it's patented is the magnetic closure. Yes. Of the of your crayons. Did you guys come up with that early on? So the on? magnet isn't patented, but the design structure and look of the crayon is patented. And a few other things, for example, like our mascara, which is super, super innovative and crazy. I think that we wanted everything to feel very luxurious and very prestige. And what we felt like obviously neither of us are celebrities and neither of us are celebrity makeup artists for that matter. We both felt like what we had and what we knew was product and packaging. And we were truly experts from that perspective in the industry and knowing how to really custom develop, custom tool, create parts that didn't exist, bring innovation to the table was really honestly like our expertise. And that's why I think today we have such a high level of customers returning and repurchasing and reviews and people really loving the formulas and the packaging and the textures because they are so, so high quality as compared to what's out there in the market. Yes, absolutely. How did you come up with the brand name, Trustee? We wanted to simplify women's lives or people's lives who were using our makeup and make their life easier. So when we were thinking about inspiration and thinking about a name, obviously this is like super cliche, but we were very inspired by the French woman. She's super minimalistic, very simple, always beautiful, but never overdone. And at that time, the makeup 
look and aesthetic was, you know, full makeup and yeah. powder and foundation. Contour. And contour yeah. and shadows, like four or five, six shadows to get a look. And we were like, we're not doing this. We're doing literally the opposite of this. Yeah. So we believed sort of that your natural beauty should be allowed to shine through. Your natural skin should be allowed to shine through. Never have we ever been in terms of complexion, like a full coverage line. Mm. So we've always sort of had this sort of love for simplicity, if you will. Yeah. So Trey Chic is a very common French name. And mm-hmm. so Trey Steak is like loosely translated to be cool sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then how did the idea of dual makeup application come to you? When I decided about the makeup routine and the essential eight and the concept of it was like essential and critical for me that the tools and the makeup all fit in the palm of your hand. I wanted the entire routine to be travel friendly. And my pet peeve was the makeup bag. Because even as a woman who never wore too much makeup, I always had a few products. My makeup bag was enormous. It was heavy. Mm -hmm. It was leaking. It was spilling. And my brushes were exposed inside the bag with the powder and the stuff flying all over the place. And you're putting it on your face. Yeah, it's just not hygienic. Yeah, And I was like, there has to be a more hygienic and clean way. So I wanted to enclose the tools inside the pencil. And Jack was like, okay, yeah, I can make that happen. Yeah. So basically the two in one (laughs) structure was born. And this honestly was way before, like we've been copied by many people now, but we always spoke about it as being the Swiss army knife of makeup. Ooh. And it, it truly is. Tell the listeners what is in the Essential 8 Toolkit. So you have your whole five-minute face. So you have your tinted moisturizer, your concealer, and your choice of cheek color, whether that be bronzer, highlighter, blush. And then you have your lip. You have your choice of matte or glaze. And then you have for eye, your mascara, your liner, and your shadow. Perfect. And it's because it fits in the palm of your hand and because it's in its own cute makeup bag, it's easy to take around. It's easy to do touch-ups. It doesn't become this whole chore. 100%. And we, you know, we constantly check in with our customers and we actually, every few months we run like a survey. And we did one recently where we surveyed the essentially customer and like 90 something percent of the people who took the survey told us that they travel with the essentially. Mm-hmm. So they keep it in their weekender or their, you know, carry on or whatever in their car even. And they're using it as a solution for their on the go makeup routine, especially when it comes to sort of like TSA approved, yeah. you know, yeah. or trying to pack less. Yes. Yes. <laughs> less exactly. is always more. Yeah. It's um, so true. You are just a savior for like a minimalist like me. You know, I feel like so many of us moms are, we try to pare things down, consolidate, and that's the DNA of your brand. Tell us how you got the business off the ground. So after we met at that party, we started brainstorming and we had sort of those months of going back and forth and evolving the business plan and the concept. We decided to form a business partnership Um, It was just two of us. So we both bootstrapped, we self-invested, took zero salaries. We just hit the ground running. We developed products, the website, the PR, we trademarked the name. We developed the the components, the cartons, caps, the formulas, the ingredients. We did compatibility. We did stability. We developed a website. We Mm -hmm. launched. We started pitching. We met with PR agencies and retailers, and we just basically we did everything. Yeah, and there was just two of us for a very very long Holy time. Crap. Your formulas and products are made locally, or are they in? They were at that time made some in the U.S., some in Italy. Now most of the things are made in Italy, but okay, 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Of course, there's a good, bad and ugly that comes with launching a business. And if you can start with the good, what were some of the wins that you faced since going to market? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on like what year it was and all of those things. But in general, the things I remember most is when we launched, we had like some really amazing press hits and we were on Deals and Steals and Good Morning America and Forbes. You know, I had a couple of really nice entrepreneur pieces and I really felt like I loved to read the story and I felt like it, you know, when you blink and you're like, wait, did that just happen? You know, or did did we really just launch a line and you kind of can't (laughs) like, even though you did it, you're like, you forget. Yeah, yeah. um, Because you're so exhausted. Um, And then we won the CEW Beauty Quest Award our first year, which was huge because I don't know if you've been to that CEW Beauty Luncheon, but there's Mm -hmm. like thousands and thousands and thousands of people eating the cold chicken. Okay. At the Waldorf. It was at the Waldorf. Okay. In this massive ballroom at like multiple layers and tiers, but pretty much like every single human being in beauty is there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got on stage and we won this award and we were like, wow. giving, I don't even know what speech I gave because I was like, this is crazy. And we took our <laughs> picture and sort of after that, we became very big in the news and we got a lot of press attention and we got a lot of retail attention and investor attention and all of those types of things. But I got on my first QVC show mm-hmm. and that was so cool. That was also like a very exciting <laughs> moment. Yeah, of course. Um, going for that training and like being on live TV mm-hmm. and like you absolutely cannot mess up. Yeah. You have five minutes to sell whatever thousands number of pieces that you <laughs> promised QVC you're going to sell. Uh-huh. And it was just like this crazy experience. And it was like three o'clock in the morning or something. And oh, I don't even goodness. remember, okay. you know, mm-hmm. what was going on. And I think I might've been pregnant. It, it was such, honestly such a whirlwind. And then on top of that, like all the partnerships we've had with retailers, with BoxyCharm and Ipsy and FabFitFun. And recently I would say the most success or the biggest sort of high point was launching our mascara, which is something that took us three years to make. And we patented the structure and it's the first ever mascara with a built-in lash curler inside the cap. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's truly, truly innovative and special. And I think honestly, out of everything, it's the thing I'm most proud of one, because I'm always a product person. So it always goes back to that. Yeah. Being a product person and knowing how difficult it is to innovate in 2020 and bring things to the market that L'Oreal and Law and every big brand you could ever think of cannot do or yes. hasn't done yet is right. like really an accomplishment. Yeah, and I feel super proud of that. Yes, that's, I mean, you're a revolutionary. And it's great because you understand the needs of your customer and you're like, I'm going to solve this problem for you because no one else has. Yeah. Now, what are some of the pitfalls that you face? So being bootstrapped and always self-funded, we always, you know, are debating about potentially taking investment and not and being self-funded, you always need to be very conscientious about your spend, which limits you in some capacity. But I'll be really honest with you with what's going on in the market now. I feel very strongly that the way that we started the company and kept it running, always conscientious of profitability and spend and expenses, you know, really made us run the business in a smart way. And I hope that it will also make us have a lot of longevity because I don't believe in this crazy like VC model that exists today of spending and spending and increasing your valuation. It's much more about just constantly sitting on the P&L, the time and the effort and the energy it takes. I'm a creative person. So that's Mm -hmm. the part that I definitely don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, we had a, you know, a company we were trying to 
launch our website and we had a company drop the ball the night before the launch. And that was like a huge Mm. issue for us. Yeah, Um, Obviously, after spending so many months and time and attention and money on something, you know, what was great was that we were able to recover from that. We launched the website in September. The entire team that we had worked very hard in helping make that happen and and bringing it to life. And everyone went above and beyond to sort of like support each other in like Mm -hmm. a moment of hardness. So Mm -hmm. just putting one foot in front of the other and just continuing forward, knowing that we really didn't have a choice. We're mostly 100% D2C. So being a D2C company, you need a website to sell on. So, (laughs) you know, you you don't really have a choice. You just keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I mean, you had to take a lot of risks while on this journey. And you mentioned you're not a risk taker. So how did it feel to just like go to that brink and push the envelope in your comfort zone? If I like look at myself and I really think about it, I'm like, I'm definitely not a risk taker. But then I'm like, but how could that be? Because I like quit my job and I yeah, started this brand and like I take risks every day. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it becomes the definition of risk changes when you're an entrepreneur. Like before you start, it's this huge overwhelming concept. And then when you start, you realize like pretty much every day you're taking like between five and 10 risks, like Mm -hmm. some of them massive. And like they become like much less of a big deal because you basically just don't have any choice. And the amount of time you have to make decisions is like four seconds. So you just like don't give yourself the moment to feel anxious about it. You just deal with it almost like in a different mindset, if that makes sense. And I've really learned how to put things in boxes and really focus and work in silos and do something that's like super urgent and super high risk and super problematic, but then like change gears and do something forward thinking that we don't need in three for three years. Right. You know, when you approach a meeting and you, you start the next hour of the day, you're like, okay, I'm going to wear this hat. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost like yeah. I'm an actor, but I'm not. Yeah. yeah no, no. <laughs> that, that's so cool to think about it that way. You're kind of channeling different facets to who you are at the same time, you know? Absolutely. And checking yourself. Yeah. I think it's an acquired skill, but it's a really, it's a coping mechanism. And it's, for me, it's just pure survival. There is like absolutely no other way. I already work 17 hour days. There's no way that I could do everything if I do less. And if I spend one iota of my life feeling anxious or worried about something, Mm -hmm. I just need to keep going. Yes. Yes. So survival. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to do it. That's awesome. We talked about this briefly, but heritage brands like L'Oreal, Revlon, Essay Lottery companies, they've dominated the market and our mothers swore by them. But beauty has changed so dramatically in the past few decades with makeup artists launching their own brands, be it Bobby Brown, Charlotte Tilbury, Jane Iredell. And then there's disruptors like the Thrive Cosmetics, Wander Beauty, Glossier. And they're changing our perspectives, you know, are changing things up in our makeup bags. Where do you think Trestique plays in this game? Yeah. I mean, I think we're definitely a disruptor. That being said, we're definitely not for everyone. We want to make your life easier. So we are the only ones offering a routine. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything you need, nothing you don't. This Swiss army knife of Mm -hmm. makeup. Our products are clean, high quality, innovative. But the entire routine, which you can customize, by the way, fits in the palm of your hand. This entire lifestyle shift, Mm -hmm. this entire use this routine to solve a problem in your life, whether that be going to the gym or traveling or touching up before, you know, in the car or 
what have you. I think we especially appeal, appeal to moms because when you become a mom, especially for the first time, you are looking for ways to simplify your life because you just simply don't have the time, energy, or bag space any longer now that you have to carry 500 things for your kids. <laughs> it's a perfect marriage in that sense. But we appeal to a lot of women who are going through transitions or a lot of people that are going through transitions. Because if you think about like moving to a new city or starting a new job or having a family or going abroad and traveling for the first time or hundredth time, you're looking for a solution for that moment of your life. And that's where we come in. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people have, you know, one of our essential aids in their weekend house and one of them in their bag and one of them at their desk. And they have moments of when this routine comes into play. Yes. But they may have, you know, other products at home in their massive vanity or their, right. we call it the, the closet the vault. or the, the vaults. There we go. The vaults. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's so funny. I, I can completely attest to that. With the trends where brands are becoming more inclusive of mm-hmm. women of color, tell us a little bit about that for Trustique and its color palette. It's funny because when I started, obviously this wasn't a trend. However, it was always something that I thought and considered very carefully. I have a more mid-olive tone mm-hmm. skin. However, I was probably the only one in my entire town that came from a multicultural background with parents yeah. of different races. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know that's not the case in a place like New York City, but it was always something that was part of my life and yeah. what I thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started Tristique and thought about the formulas that I wanted to choose to put in the routine, I purposely picked these hybrid textures, which is the fusion of a cream and a gel. The reason why that is so important for different skin tones, skin types, and ages is because cream gels actually appeal to one of the most diverse set of age ranges. So you can wear a cream gel texture when you're five, if you (laughs) really want to borrow your mom's blush, right, right. (laughs) Or you can wear it when you're 95. And you know, the thing that nobody talks about today with diversity is age. And where beauty in general is super age exclusive. And I think there's only one or two companies that speak to older women, uh, especially. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone is so focused on making money and millennials and Gen Z and Gen X, Y, whatever. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, Nobody speaks to sort of those baby boomers and the older women. And I'm really proud that when we developed the formulations the way we did, that they're high performance, that they glide, the application is so smooth, and they make women and men now who wear makeup feel really young and youthful and glowing, but themselves. Yes. Because the other problem with a lot of other older textures like heavy emulsions and full Mm. coverage foundations and powders is that not only does it sit in your lines yes. or your pores if you right. have problematic skin, but you need that shade match to be so dead on that there is definitely such a thing as this is the wrong shade for me. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like being a small self-funded startup, even though I had a small shade range, I can, me, myself, I can wear three of the shades. So age aside, which I do feel like we're super inclusive, we as launched a tinted moisturizer instead of a full coverage foundation. So that was another decision that I took specifically because our aesthetic and beauty look is to enhance your natural beauty, not to cover it up. Right. So I hate full coverage foundations. And if you like it, this line is not for you. I will never (laughs) launch a full coverage foundation. No, don't hold me to that. Um, But it's, it's just not like the way in which we wear makeup and the way in which I want sort of the, our brand to stand for. But I think that as a tinted moisturizer, in essence, 
the expectation, of course, is that the coverage is more sheer. So your natural skin does shine through. There right. is more flexibility mm-hmm. within the shades, a shade matching process and the coverage level. But that being said, we have had many customers reach out to us and say, we need really, really dark shades and we need really, really light shades and mm-hmm. some with more pink undertones. So this year we're working on creating a little bit more of an extensive range with the tinted moisturizer and concealer. And then lastly, the thing I want to say is our color because of the cream gel formulations and the fact that they are buildable and allow your natural skin to shine through some of the brightest pigmented blushes and highlighters and shadows and lipsticks look amazing on every skin tone around. And I think that that is also because of the nature of the formulations themselves. Yes. And so we've always been able to do photo shoots and have the blackest of skin tones, the whitest of skin tones, the pinkest, the yellowest, the olives really be complemented by our very, very bright pink blush and our very, very coral blush. And that's yeah. also not the case when you're using emulsions and powder. Right. Um, because it sits on top of the skin or they carry like a heavy white cast. Mm. Because we're using gels as part of the base of our formulas, it's clear. Yeah. So that's why your natural skin's coming through and that's why tone-wise it's suitable. That makes so much sense. Wow. It, it's just such a refreshing approach that you have. Yeah. So I have no problem owning <laughs> owning what we're lacking, yeah. but also um, defending what I really think that we're really strong in too. Right, right. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So what advice do you have for women um, and moms specifically who are looking to break into a new market and leave their mark? Now this is becoming like a very big trend and it's very exciting to see because the community of women entrepreneurs has grown so much since I started. And it's awesome because I absolutely love speaking and meeting and hearing about what other women are doing. I find it to be like very inspiring. And I always learn something from somebody else doing something different. My goal last year when the new year hit was that I would spend more time in my week going out with mom friends or entrepreneurs or people that I was randomly introduced to just to speak about business, their approach, their thoughts, their line, their service, whatever they were offering, just to brainstorm, honestly, and share and have a community, almost like a, you know, off the grid grad school type Mm. of a thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So the most important thing is to be passionate about what you're doing. There is no way that you can go and do this crazy life of working 17 hour days or more, putting everything you have into something if you don't have passion around it. I I cannot even like stress enough. If you want to have a hobby and you want to try to launch a brand, you're just not going to be able to do it. Yeah, You need to be really, really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And I think once you are and you have an idea, then you need to immerse yourself in that world and you need to speak to people who may know something about what you're about to do and learn and educate yourself and network and make friends and test and try and brainstorm and think because there's always something to learn. The more you know, of course, before going into something, the more you'll be prepared. You know, it's a bit like you want to do the schooling for yourself and your your industry and your job before Mm -hmm. you sort of launch it. But that being said, I think the last piece of advice is just ask questions and don't be afraid, which is really easier (laughs) said than done. It's very scary, (laughs) but um, you can't let yourself get bogged down with anxiety and fear. And I think it's obviously human nature to be anxious and to be afraid, but you just can't let that occupy your mind space because you're just going to be too busy focusing on your your great idea and your passion. There you go. Yeah. You really have to be full speed ahead. And especially with all the juggling, the balls in the air that we have when we become moms, you have to have that all the more. Absolutely. Yes. Can you walk us through your daily routine? 
Yeah. So it depends. Like I would say like there is no same day. It's always, uh-huh, a, bit, yeah. it's always a bit different. That's fun. But call it a typical weekday between Monday and Thursday because Fridays I work from home, which I did after I had my first son so that mm-hmm. I could be with the kids um, and do work at the same time. I typically wake up around 7, 6.45 or 7, and I always just like roll over and do emails. I get ready. I do a little bit of my makeup. I brush my teeth. I you know drink coffee. I feed now my seven-month-old baby um, the bottle. I pack my bags. <laughs> I get <laughs> dressed. I have breakfast with my older son. We read a book or we play hide-and-seek. This morning, oh, he was so inside cute. my laundry basket and I was hiding him in my dirty clothes. Okay. <laughs> this new thing. Yeah. Um, but I always spend like a little bit of time with each kid. And then it's like a project to get out the door, oh, obviously, yeah. as everyone knows, mm-hmm. trying to get him ready for his school. So uh, <laughs> now with the winter, with the jackets oh, and the my mittens, God. And the, the thumb can't find the mitten. Yeah, and yeah. like, oh my lord, um, putting the coat and he doesn't want to zip it up and he's hot and he doesn't actually want to wear it and his hat and then get the baby in a snowsuit and put him in the <laughs> stroller and zip up the sleeping bag and like, I mean, only New York City women will know what I mean when we talk about this. But yes, yeah, it's a yeah, production. So it, you, we yeah. do all of that and then I drop him off at school and I typically grab a coffee and I try to exercise as often as I can. And then I head to a meeting either downtown in Soho where I live or directly to the office. If I have like offsite meetings, like for example, today, Mm -hmm. I try to do those either in the morning or at the end of the day. So I'm like either going directly from home to the meeting in terms of like time savings. It's like a better flow because once I get to the office, typically Monday through Thursday, I am not moving out of the conference room. I don't even know why I have an office. I never sit there anymore. (laughs) It's just like literally back to back to back to back to back. There's no lunch break. If I need to use the bathroom, I need to do it in the middle of a meeting and excuse myself. There's no like, I just pack it in and that's the most efficient for me. Okay. Um, And I have a brain that is able to do about, I don't, I would say like seven to 10 things at the same time. I can email, I can be on a conference call, I can have a side conversation and I can be texting my nanny or my husband at the same time. And I have, (laughs) and be writing like a Christmas card if I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't send those out this year. That's, yeah. I'm slacking, (laughs) I'm really slacking. Um, At the same time, and I have no problem focusing, I can hear three different conversations in my mind and I can answer them. So it's a skill that I had but it was not as well developed as it is now. And Mm. now I realize that it's become like almost like such an ADD quality of myself that if I'm in a meeting where I absolutely need to focus and listen to somebody, I cannot do it without doing something else at the same time. My actually brain can't focus on one thing. So (laughs) So I kind of screwed myself. I could never go back to school. I'll be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) So after the office, then I always leave the office, quote unquote, early, much earlier than I did before I had kids because I need to be home for dinner, bath, and bed. Mm-hmm. And that entire process takes three hours. I have yeah. no idea how or why, but it does. Like between the cooking and the preparing and then the feeding. And then it's also my kids are such different ages. They yeah. can't do things at the same time yet. They can't even right. bathe together yet. Right, so it's right. always like I'm doing bath with one and then bath with the other. And then yeah. I'm feeding one and then I'm Perfect. feeding the other. Ba- <laughs> uh, pajamas with one, pajamas with the other. Play and then read. And then and then after that, I eat myself, I shower, I'm in PJs, and I start working again, usually oh. around 8.30. Okay. Um, and then I work usually until like between 11 and 12. It just depends on how tired I am or what the day is or what I have to do the next day. That's a lot. You pack in a lot. And I mean, like you said, those 17 <laughs> hours, you're optimizing every minute. Um, no time to waste. No, no, no. It's true. Okay. So now let's get personal and talk about your family life. So 
Tell us a little bit about your husband and your two boys. So my husband and I met when we were in college. So we've been together now for 17 plus years. And when I was in the corporate world, he was starting his career and was becoming an entrepreneur. And so I supported him and we were dating. And at the time I was treating us and going out and things like that. You know, to be honest, he's really the one. He's the one who was like, you need to quit your job and you need to just start this brand. And I was like, "Uh, I do. Really? Mm-hmm. And I remember we had taken this trip and we were down in Florida and we had gone away for the weekend and we were having coffee or lunch or something. And he, sadly, his mother passed away when we were very young. And yeah. he said, you don't live your life with regret. It will ruin you. So you need to just do what you need to do. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like we'll figure it out at that point. But like, you can't want to do something and not do it. You just need to do it. You don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. Right. So his philosophy, yeah, I, I can't explain it. He's so powerful in the sense of his positivity and his like absolute lack of fear for mm. anything. Like nothing makes him afraid. He's never, I, he's also never tired. Like I've never met someone who's not tired so little. I yes, don't know. Does that even that's make sense? incredible. He probably um, doesn't want to focus on the being tired. He's never. like, you know, I would rather focus on, you know, something else or what I'm doing or what's going to like uplift me to hell with everybody's freaking exhausted. But why like, lament that? Yeah. And, you know, I'm always like complaining that I'm tired. And yeah, (laughs) by the way, I was like pregnant a lot the last two years. So um, I deserve to be tired. Yeah, it's a different type of exhaustion for sure. There's no time for excuses. There's no time Mm. to be tired. There's no time for complaining. Um, On one hand, that's tough. He's like my tough critic. Mm. But on the other hand, he's like my biggest supporter. He actually is an entrepreneur and started his own real estate company. And now he has three businesses. And he's also sort of like our sounding board for Trace Deke and we rent office space from his company. So, okay. you know, we see each other every now and then, but he's a great influence on what we're doing and, and a great supporter of me. That's so um, great. And then my little guys, my three-year-old is now full-time in school, as mm-hmm. I mentioned. His name is Roman, Roman, but we call him Romy. He's very sweet. He's like, he's very loving. I, he's like kisses and hugs and oh. he loves animals. And, <laughs> you know, he talks actually more than I do, which is almost impossible. Um, he's, he's very much looks exactly like my husband, but has my personality, which is very interesting. Mm. Um, and then the baby who was born in May, I don't even know. He's enormous. He he literally is one of the feistiest, most aggressive babies I've ever met in my life. He goes <laughs> from like zero to a hundred in one second. If he wants something and you don't give it to him, he will scream bloody murder. Yeah. And then he's back to being charismatic and smiling one second later and you have no idea what just happened. You're like, why are you screaming like that? Oh, you're not anymore. Are you yeah. happy or are yeah, you not happy? Good. I'm not sure what's yeah. going on. Um, he's very interesting and he's always hungry. Um, mm. and he's like literally starving. I don't know. He, and he eats so much. And my other son is like, never really interested in eating, wants yeah. to play. They're just like very different from each other. Yeah. But it's so funny when you become a mom of two, you're like, how can it be possible? But obviously it is possible because yeah. every human is different. But right. Right. It's so cool. But yeah, it it's is. So cool. It is to see it play out and then to see how the interactions differ between you and then dad, you know, it's like, yeah, I think now that my son is three, he's interacting a lot more with my husband. They play together. They're actually Mm -hmm. like in this roaring, like lion's face. So (laughs) they'll like roar. Like, I don't, they're not actually speaking. They're just roaring and crawling on the floor. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now, (laughs) but you guys can go in the other room because I don't like noise. So, (laughs) you know, with they're, they're boys. Yeah. And and now they get to play together. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh, and then the the little one's going to join 
in soon, you oh, know? he's very interested in the roaring. Yeah. He, he loves it. He tries to make very feisty, aggressive noises right back at them. That is so cute. <laughs> That's so, so cute. Okay, so tell us about a mom sense moment you had. I think the big one with my first son was the potty training because as a first-time mom, I literally knew nothing about being a mom. So, yeah. And I absolutely 100% didn't have time to read all the things you're supposed to read and learn <laughs> and know. And and so I remember going to this meeting at school where he was about to start. They were like, so we'd really like it if your child arrives potty trained. It's not like necessity, but it's really like we would love it. And I like came home and I looked at my husband and I was like, uh, <laughs> potty training? Yeah. Wait. Oh, we have to potty train. Like, yeah. I mean, like that. Like, that's he our can't job. Work yeah. for the rest of his life. <laughs> but like, I never would have even literally. It, it just wouldn't have even dawned on me. Yeah. Um. And so it's funny. So like a few months later, and this was like well before he started school. I remember all of a sudden he kept coming to the bathroom when I was in the bathroom, and mm-hmm. he was trying to like sit on the floor. And so we bought this like small little tiny toddler potty Potty, thing and put it on the floor. And like, I remember seeing him like play with it and Mm -hmm. be like super interested in it. Yeah. And because of this meeting, they had told me to watch out for the flags of interest around the potty. And I was like, oh, he's interested. Yeah, yeah. So literally I was like, today's the day we're going to start. Anyway, long story short, apparently, apparently there's a window that you can't miss and you have to get. Otherwise, like you're going to have to wait some time for the next window, whatever the hell that means. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I just like trusted my myself. And like, because of this lovely school and their meeting, I was just aware of it. And so I just kept like my eyes open. And so just trusting myself, we, we started and I started at 18 months. And then the day he turned two, he started school and he was potty trained like the daytime. I mean, not for overnight at that time, but yeah, um, that's awesome. it, It sort of like led me to make a decision and then to try something that I wouldn't have really probably tried. Like if I thought about it. Yes. Yeah. No, that's really great. And you rallied and were like, okay, we're going to do this. And you figured it out. You problem solved that too. Yeah. And 18 months is, I mean, bravo. That's like, needs to go on his resume. (laughs) I'm never going to tell him. (laughs) That's nothing to do with him. (laughs) Let's not forget our quote of the day. Is there a quote that you live by? <laughs> um, it's my husband's quote. He literally says this every single day. If you don't play, you can't win. Mm. Like I will like complain about something and I'll say that I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell him about my day. And he's like, yep, if you don't play, you can't win. I'm like, can you stop saying that? <laughs> but um, I think it was forced upon me, but that's become a bit of my motto. Like he's right in the sense that, you know, if you're not trying and you're not playing, then you can't win. And you know, what's interesting about life you just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I can have the worst day ever and wake up and everything is different. And there's some good news that's in my inbox or someone that has texted me. And it's like completely night and day difference in the sense of like what my choices are for whatever problem that we're dealing with. And I'm like, how did this open up? How how did this just come to fruition? Um, And it's not always like fast and it's not always easy, but it's true. If you give up, you absolutely just can't win, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And it's just kind of keeping that like positive mentality around your goals and your focus and remembering that you just have to be in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't mean yes. everything's going to be easy. But. Right, 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 right. It's now time for Mom Hall when we share products we love. So Mom Hall is just a fun segment where we talk about um, something that we're loving right now and want to share. So do you have any such products? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is like such a great question. I actually 
I think about this all the time. One, because I really love supporting moms and entrepreneurs and new brands. I love to discover new things. So Mm -hmm. like anytime someone tells me something that someone else doesn't have or know about, I'm interested in it. I want to know about it. Yeah. Um, So that's just a bit like my personality, I suppose. But I'm obsessed with this skincare product. I have no idea who the founder is. I would love to meet her, but it's called the May Lindstrom Youth Do. And it's like my most favorite skincare product I've ever used in my life. Mm. Um, and it's this like serum, dew, glow, oil combination hybrid product okay. um, that I use every morning. And I just think it makes me look young and refreshed and hydrated and good. And it doesn't nice. clog my pores. And it's I have a bit like oily skin sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I it's like amazing. Okay. Um, been loving that. And then um, one of my really good friends started um, a baby line. And I recently just took a trip. For the holidays to my cousin's wedding and traveling with bottles with infants on a plane is like a bit of a nightmare. And she developed this thing called the sip and snug. And it's like this little stuffed animal that you put a bottle inside and mm-hmm. it's like a cozy, but like, Ooh. it's like a beer cozy, but okay. for babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like an elephant or a rhino. Oh. It's really, really cute. And they have cute names, yeah. but oh my God, it's, first of all, your bottle does not tip over. So that's obviously a plus and leak. But second, while your baby's entertained and being on like a 12 plus hour flight, I was like, this is awesome. Like the bottle is here. He's playing with this little stuffed animal. I'm able to feed him. It kind of keeps it warm. Right, right. Um, And so that was just like, I think just this past month, like I literally was like in every bag, every stroller on the plane. Like (laughs) it was just like the travel necessity that I needed at this moment of my life. Yes. We'll link all these products um, on the show notes. So yeah, thank you. My product is a Spree foam roller and it's a a small mini foam roller. Um, Not that I take it with me anywhere. I mean, you can easily put it in the trunk of your car um, if you needed to. But I feel like I've just got back into working out. I was on a hiatus (laughs) for a while. And yeah, and that's the one thing that it's like, okay, this is the five, 10 minute massage that your muscles need um, totally to just reach out. Oh my god, I love the foam roll. It's, mm-hmm. It hurts so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hurts so bad. It feels so good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and where can we find you and Tristique? Um, so Tristique is tristique.com. And you can find us on Amazon as well. But Tristique.com is the only place in the world that you can customize and build your routine. So the Essential 8 is obviously an experience of its own. It's your five-minute base, everything you need. And then we offer Customize Your Essentials, which allows you to choose your products and your shades and build your routine if you want only five products or six mm-hmm. products or seven products or 10 products. Um, so it gives you more flexibility. Well, do you have a personal website, meaning like um, your Instagram handle like that? Oh, yes. Jennifer Kabahi, my name. Okay. My full name. Great. <laughs> <laughs> this was so fun. I love to share my story and I really appreciate you asking me and taking the time to get to know me and my brand. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really a fun morning. It was definitely more fun than being at the office. <laughs> <laughs> For us too, I feel like you were so insightful and enlightening and you gave us such great practical tips as an entrepreneur and a mom. And it's just, you're so easy to talk to. I feel like we've been girlfriends forever. That's just, you know, the kind of founder you want to back. You know, oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Jen. It was a pleasure. So are you ready to change up your makeup routine and have fun with Tristique? The products really stand out and the essential aid literally are the only tools you need to create a fresh face. No fuss, no muss. Thank you so much, Jen, for taking us on your journey. 
And I have to give a shout out to Emily Horn, Senior Director of Social Media and Partnerships, for all your coordination throughout the process. We had a fun girl chat after the episode, and I have to say it was just as fun and hilarious as the recording itself. Tune into other episodes and browse my YouTube videos and blog posts on my website, that's totalmomsense.com. If you have suggestions for show topics or guests you think have to be on my show, email me at that's totalmomsense at gmail.com. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. See you soon. That's total mom sense.